0: We're recording now. Should right. I put? It doesn't matter. Put two on, right? Yeah, whatever you like, man. Whatever feels comfortable. Yeah, Roger. Yeah. Cheers. Hold on, I gotta, All I right, got I gotta make myself a little bit.
1: Let me get let's let's uh head. let's set the tone. Are we we rocking and rolling? Let's set it off.
0: We are rocking and rolling. Hey, this is episode two. Episode two of the Battle Never
1: podcast. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having
0: Unofficially me. sponsored by Jameson from my Irish lad.
1: Hey. Here.
0: <laughs> so what's up, man? How's life?
1: Uh. Um, it's like all over the place.
0: How so? Ah. I mean, first I'm having you. Well, I've seen you sporadically throughout the years.
1: Right. Let's just like
0: the, throughout. I mean, we went to. All right. Let's start. Let's start. Let's, okay.
1: Let's yeah. How do we set it off?
0: How do we know each other? First off, we know each other from college.
1: Right. We yeah. met in a in a um a journalism class, but mm. in
0: uh, Brooklyn College. Was it the journalism class or was it Dun- uh, Dunphy. I, was it Dunphy or was it? Because I think I before that happened. Um. I don't know if you remember this dude, this kid named John, John Scanlon. He, like, had a class with you, and I think he overheard you saying uh, that you were looking to do a hip-hop radio show, and he was my roommate at the time. Mm. Oh, I think that, that's
1: Big Slim. The big, tall, yes. skinny guy with the blonde hair. Yes, 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 okay, yes. Okay, copy.
0: So that's, I think that's the dude who, uh, who was like, yo, I got this guy who was also trying to do a radio show, yeah. and then that's how we met. And then we ended up being in the same class, right. I think, eventually.
1: And that worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the cyphers and everything, and then this and that. Yeah, yeah so... Um, for those of you who don't know, who are watching, uh, we graduated Brooklyn College together, 2014. 20, believe, yeah, 2014 2014. 13, yeah. 14. Yeah. yeah. And um, we uh, hosted Cyphers and a radio show. Yeah. It was called Shout Who's, on, who's deck. on Deck. Yeah, Who's on Deck. Hang on, one time, one time. Cheers to that. For Who's on Deck, for Yo, the people out there who know what it is. Very
0: legendary. I, we, we talked about it on the last uh, on the last podcast with Radmus. We talked about how we had... Uh, uh, Joey and them, Joey Capital, all of them the of when they were like sixteen.
1: Yo, you know, I was going over with uh, Erickson before we, we we posted up one day. I had a cipher. It was the third cipher we had ever had. Remember the first one was in the middle of the field, mm. and I before it was called Who's on Deck. I was like, Yo, I'm throwing a cipher. I made little flyers. I handed them out. I, I think somebody them, was
0: like, playing the guitar that day, right? Yes, yeah. yes. I, we took a picture. I think we have a picture of that. That's Another dude
1: named one. John. Yeah, there's somewhere. And you yeah. came at the very end. You were like, Oh, I missed it. Yeah. Ah. And then we had a second one. And then on the third cipher. at at Brooklyn College we were rapping everybody was going in we had a little boombox or we had a whatever instrumentals we were just freestyling I got a tap on my shoulder yeah and I turned around it was capital steez yeah and ever so, ever so like uh, soft-spoken, he was like, "Hey, can I rap with you guys?
0: Can, yeah. can I get in?" And I, I, in my head, I'm like, "Come on, man!" But you didn't even know who he was at that no, point. He, no, I,
1: didn't, I never saw him before in my Nobody life. Nobody knew
0: who they were. They all rolled up on like skateboards and shit.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. This was the first invitation because yeah. he came and he laid. He he spit like three verses. Yeah, and all of us were like, "Whoa!" He was like the hottest. He was like the strongest uh, spitter in that cipher. Mm-hmm. And all of us were kind of like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Man, you're it's so cool to meet you. Can I get your math? Can I invite you to the next one?" He came cipher oh. number four, yeah, and he came with Joey, and he came Nick with CJ there. Fly, and I I don't know if uh,
0: Nick was there. Nick, yeah, Nick Caution sure. was
1: at a lot of the ciphers. I'm not sure if he was at this at this particular one okay, that, yeah. that Steve's brought the two guys yeah. in, but then the three of them were there, and they just we just had a great cipher. It was a great yeah. moment. They were it was before they were anybody, and it was only like two weeks later. That all of a sudden it was like boom, like pro era. Yeah, it was uh, were,
0: that uh the one video with him and Joey uh cap this uh something destruction. What was that? What was that track? Oh,
1: um, survival tactics.
0: Yeah, survival tactics. Yeah, yep, it was survival tactics. And then I remember seeing that video and I posted it or something. And Rashid, shout out to Rashid. I haven't yeah. talked to him in so long, dude. I know you me know. either. But uh, Rashid was like, "Yo, you know who that is, Rashid. right?" I'm like. No, who he's like yo we just had them on the, we ju- you just had them at the cypher, cypher last yeah. week two weeks ago or whatever yeah. i was like no way i know
1: and that track survival tactics yeah put them out there yeah like, that, that was the was track it. that blew him up yeah and um so that was the first time all of us like in the cypher in that little community we're just yeah. all of us were like looking around like
0: oh, sh-. who the fuck are these kids <laughs>
1: not even that it was like whoa like you can actually make it yeah like this kid was right here with us rapping we're all on the same level we're all right here local this is just you know this is just a cypher you know what i'm saying and right after that, we saw him on MTV and all this and that. And for me, like, as as a hungry, like, artist, I was like, damn, son. Like, yeah. it's – people get discovered. Yeah. Like, it's real. Like, it actually happens. Like, something can happen Sparked like Sparked a little interest. It was so – it was so, like it, – it was just, like, a shot of inspiration to everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, looking around at each other. Like, wow, look at us. Look Well, what
0: we're in doing. all yeah. And also, it was my first time ever, like – I think, one. Of, yeah, it had to be one of my first times ever being involved with – uh an event that we had our that that I had my hands on or we both had our hands on or whatever mm-hmm. that somebody turned big. big somebody turned big yeah it was of a like, sudden. what yeah.
1: it was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was a, that was a big eye opener and i don't even
0: think i understood the um, the importance of it until we got like till about now right like right. when you look back at those things and you're like jesus christ man we were what 21 20 years old in yeah. college just like
1: yeah and that you know <laughs> they were right there in the in the cyphers and you yeah. look back and you're like uh it was just such a time. Yeah. All of the hungriest, like, MCs, like, on the scene, like, trying to get out there were there. Yeah. Came through. We mm-hmm. had, you know, it was a really a nice little period of time. Yeah. Who's on deck? Ciphers and radio. Like, we had guests. We had the ciphers. We had the whole campus. Everybody was, like, we were popping, man. Like, yeah. everybody people was, like. People still
0: a- talk to me. You know, people still come up to me at this day yeah you know, well, maybe not so much now since you know the pandemic stuff happened, the shows stopped. but you know, when you would go out to shows in Brooklyn, yeah, I was talking to Radmus about it too. I was like, we kind of all were within like the same circuit of yeah. events, so For we her. all kind of like t- were tied into each other at some source. And you know before all this stuff happened, and you, people were still going out and hanging out every once in a while I would have that per- somebody come up to me man, like yo you, you know how important those things were like yeah and those things were so sick you yeah know? they
1: come up pe- people come up to me and say the same things and it yeah. always warms my heart like yo I miss that vibe yeah you guys had such a thing going on yeah they, they, they say it's nice. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah. I remember we did one one day where we, it was like a moving cipher. We walked through the whole campus. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. We walked through the whole campus. Security guards were joining in, yeah. the teachers, because we had that, it was like the, what was that common hour, like when everybody was out of class? That, like two name? hour break? Yeah, it was like 12 to 2 or 2.15 right. or something like that. That's like when that we used to have the ciphers. Yeah. yeah, 12 o'clock, right? Yeah, 12 o'clock, every 12. Every, what was it, like every Wednesday or something? Or yeah. Like it was every, like
1: once a week, 12 o'clock.
0: Yeah. And everyone, every once in a while we would take a, take a week off to like prepare for a big right
1: or maybe it was once a month maybe it was like the first wednesday or first maybe it was once a month i think it started as once a month but as we got closer to graduation we got more yeah yeah, we got to do it every week because people wanted it
0: and it was crazy because it was on it was on brooklyn college campus but people from all over the city were coming
1: yo i'm saying too (laughs) they were like
0: people were like getting sign-in sheets to come and just freestyle for like two hours yeah coming from like harlem coming from all over the city from the bronx you remember spock came from the bronx man
1: And hey, beatbox beatbox. He right? was a beatboxer yeah, for us. Spock, yeah. For sure. And he actually just happened to be on campus. Shout out to Spock, man. If you ever yeah. see this, you're an integral part of who's on deck. For it's, sure. Especially at the beginning. He happened to just be walking on campus. He didn't know about it the first time. The yeah. First cypher. He was there. Yeah. He just saw it. He passed through and he was like, you know, he had his little beatbox and it was perfect. Yeah. And then uh, he kept going for a while. And you know, all the all the MCs, all the various rappers who came through from all various parts of New York, I just wanna say personally I'm I'm grateful to you guys. And I wanna take this moment because the hip hop community in New York lost someone recently who was really big on the scene, a guy named Kid Lucky mm-hmm. or or King Luck. He knows this was, is part of
0: the ciphers the, the, the traveling ciphers that yes, you've been doing, right? Yes.
1: Okay. Those are he uh, started the hip hop subway series. Okay, and bef- I remember this. I remember you talking right. about this. Yeah. And before I came to Brooklyn College, I would always go to these ciphers, mm. the hip hop subway series, from when I'm like 18. Yeah. And when I went to Brooklyn, I, I went to Kid, and I was like, "Yo, Kid, I wanna, I wanna do, I wanna do ciphers at Brooklyn College. Like, I could be the uh, the hip hop subway series rep. I could do it here. Yeah. And he said, "Nah, man, do your own thing. He said, do your own thing. And I just want to take this moment to just say that uh, I'm grateful that I got to know that guy. And how he, do you pass? I don't even know. No, I don't even know. I just just saw it all. It just happened so recently, and he was such a um, uh, a, just just someone who gave me uh, a space and was so helpful and integral and like as a almost like a mentor, or like a Mm. guiding type of personality. And yeah, he hosted the Hip Hop Subway series with a a beatboxer called Gray Matter. Gray, if you ever see it. I remember
0: Gray Matter. Yeah, he came came through to
1: one of our ciphers. Yeah, he did. Also, Mandible also known as Jaws, another beatboxer. Well,
0: so what was the other dude that's like kind of popped off with Will Smith? Will Smith was posting this stuff. Oh, that's, that's Verbal Ace, Verbal the beatboxer
1: from space. Yeah, Verbal- <laughs> That's one of my right-hand Yo, man. That's Verbal my right-hand Ace, man right the beatboxer from space. I, I still, remember that dude. He's yeah. legit. He's, he's legit. super legit. You know, yeah. I'm training him virtually. I, I'm working out with him at 5 o'clock. Really? Yeah, he's my client. I'm his personal trainer. And uh, we still – he he does a show. He does a YouTube uh, – by the way, Verbal Ace, as far as beatboxers go, this guy is like – top tier entertainment value and he's built himself coming to new york with like pennies and built himself an empire all off his own sweat and i'm just like so inspired and i love this guy so much and he um he he's he's got a house in in vegas i think and i was was saying all this because now he works on youtube he makes he does all his work on youtube he's a youtuber and an influencer Mm -hmm. And I write for his uh, cartoon. He has a a, a a show called Cartoon Beatbox Battles yeah. where he takes two, like, famous cartoon characters and makes them beatbox and battle each other. Oh. And he hires me to help him write the scripts. Okay, so to write the bar, like, the verses. To so write the verses, okay, exactly. So I'm writing bars for him, you know, through the perspective of, like, you know, Black Panther, R. P. Chadwick Boseman, uh, Batman. Ah, word. Okay. Yeah, so there's all sorts of cool duels, and that's a fun thing that I got going on right now. Yeah. But we we swirled in a lot of directions. There's another beatboxer who came to the Cyphers. His name is Rizumik. You remember that guy? You guys may not remember this guy, but these... We we had
0: so many people.
1: We did. We did. We had a lot of good times, and uh, a lot of cool beatboxers came through. And he was another really good one that came through, and... um, I think it's just worth mentioning them because that was such a great cipher that day. Because we had that dude play the guitar, mm-hmm. we had the beatboxers, we had such a vibe. Such yeah, there was always somebody
0: that would bring some but something different. I mean, I think at one point we even had some dude playing a harmonica. Yeah. And then I used to make the beats. I used or not used to make the beats, but we used to put together like instrumentals. Instrumental and I used to pick. Yeah, exactly. Yo, it.
1: I wish I still. I used to have a CD dude. that you made me. It Bro. was the instrumental playlist. It was like the fact are, that it was a CD. It was a CD. And it was <laughs> in fact a CD player. I just made box. you a CD. Yo, man, that was so <laughs> cool. Yo, come on, man, that was so cool, dude. Did I write on a permanent marker too? <laughs> yes. Yes, you wrote with a sharpie the lyrics. No, with the, <laughs> the, the <song> instrumentals. <laughs> yeah. that was such a classic, man. Mm. We put the boombox on the garbage can.
0: Yeah, I remember. Like that was like so. That was a uh, so important to me. just like. I want to pick the best beats I need people whenever I put this beat on I need people to be like oh yeah. shit. like I, and, I needed that yes yeah and, and shout out
1: to you as the DJ and the musical curator because I was like the host yeah to, you know what I mean and you had the instrumentals on deck and things like that and um yeah for anybody watching who was ever a part of that saga of who's on deck for the for like the like I was I was at Brooklyn College three years
0: yeah same Yeah, well, two and a half
1: about two and a half something like that yeah. three I, I thought I graduated and then I realized I had to come back and take another class but <laughs> that's besides the point but the bottom line was like I just want to thank everybody who came to those ciphers and if you're out there and you're watching this and you were there and you know please drop a comment and leave a good memory or a good moment or please. just something you remember connect with because that that era it came and it went yeah because when we graduated we went different ways
0: yeah we did man
1: and that's just how it goes. I yeah. ended up being a, a kids' cooking show. Yeah, host. no, we're
0: gonna definitely t- we're definitely gonna talk about that. I want to I want to stay on the rap stuff for a little bit too okay. because um, you said you you know you started doing the subway series when you were doing when you were around 18. But like, talk to me. I mean, I don't think we've really ever like gotten in, into depth about like the origins of you growing up and discovering that. Music or rapping—that was something you wanted to do, especially coming from the neighborhood that you come from. I want you to kind of like, you know, I want to—I want you to touch on that too, because I've been to Garrison Beach, which is (laughs) the what is it—the most southern part of Brooklyn, basically. It's deep. It's it's Brooklyn deep south. It's called the West Virginia of Brooklyn. (laughs) I've heard I've
1: heard that recently, and I was like, damn, uh." that's fucked up. Yeah, man, I don't uh,
0: I don't know about that, but. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I know about like, you know, I know about your upbringing. That's mostly an Irish community and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. You know, Yeah, Irish Italian neighborhood when, yeah. I, when I was coming up. That's what it yes. was. OK, so now it's mixed. Now the neighborhood's a little different. Now. Yeah. T- talk to me about like coming up in that neighborhood and, you know, kind of discovering that. I'm sure you were a little bit different from a lot of people in your neighborhood.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, can, very assume, much I can so. assume. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, coming up in Garrison Beach, South Brooklyn, what's up? everybody in Garrison. Shout out Garrison Beach. Um, yeah, if, 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 you know Garrison Beach and you're, here's the thing, if, if you live in Brooklyn and you say, yeah, hey, you, you have been to Garrison Beach, a lot of people will say, no, I never yeah. heard of it. And if they have heard of it, chances are sometimes they haven't heard of it for the best things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Primarily like, uh, alcoholism and racism. And at, at this point in time, Trump supporters. Really? Yeah. Heavy, heavy. Okay. But, um, and here's the deal. Like I got, I got, I, I love where I'm from. I love to be raised where I was raised. Um, you know, so yeah, the neighbor. when I grew up, everybody was Irish or Italian. Um, when you grew up, you, you you go to, you, you do baseball, you, 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 you know, you, when you grow up, you're kind of like cops. And firefighters yeah. and garbage men. Real
0: manly men. Yeah, just like you blue, know, collar, jo- jobs, yeah, blue like, collar jobs.
1: Yeah. Those types of positions, those guys are seen as like royalty to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when you come up these are your heroes and it's almost like I always think of it like remember in the beginning of Pokemon where you could pick a Squirtle or a Charizard or a or a
0: Well uh, be honest with you Bulbasaur. i never was into Pokemon. All
1: right, well, it's all good. If you are not a <laughs> but Pokemon. I, but I, I get what you're Let's let's yeah, keep going. Let's keep going. Pick the grass type, the 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 water Which, whichever electric. your character, yeah. Right. So, you know, growing up I really thought I was going to be a firefighter even yeah. when we were hosting those ciphers.
0: I, I remember you talking about it. you were weren't you taking classes or training? Yeah,
1: no, I was uh I, at that time when I got to brooklyn college i had already taken the firefighters exam and taken the medical and physical and psychological and i had just graduated from kingsborough community college a two-year school and my next step was to go into the fire academy yeah but there was a hold there was a freeze on the test and the the test that i was on the list number that i was on was tossed so it was like i guess i'll just keep going to school you know i didn't even plan on going for my Bachelors or anything. Yeah, you were or, just kind of because
0: yeah. don't you? Have, I mean, to, to be a firefighter, don't you need to have? At least, yes, you need absolutely. You need a two-year,
1: oh, you need okay. credits, and then you got to go to the academy and get trained and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, when we were in Brooklyn, I was doing EMT work. Yeah. I was like studying to be an EMT. I, I worked. I, I had one crazy night on Easter. I'll never forget it. Tell me a little bit about. If, well, if, it
0: doesn't take you off, if, if it doesn't take you off track a little bit. <laughs> Stick
1: a pin in that because we're – all right, as <laughs> all long right, as you can bring, can bring us back. As long as okay, we can I'll bring remember, ourselves I'll back. I'll remember. I'll remember. I'll remember. All right, so on Easter Sunday, I think it was 2016 or 15 or something like that, I was working as an EMT in the Bronx mm. from like a 3 a.m. shift to like a 3 p.m. shift. And I was shadowing these two guys. I'll never forget their names. They were both short, very round gentlemen. One guy was named Ionelli, and one guy was named Spaccavelli, And they knew my cousin, Handsome John Hanson, and, uh, like, they were looking out for me. And I saw so much, like, carnage in one night. <laughs> yeah. I was so shaken up, man. <laughs> you couldn't do it. I was like, dang, man, I'm not tough enough for this job. This <laughs> yeah. shit is hard. In one night, the things I saw? Dude, yeah. like, I, I don't even, i, I like... I saw a guy throwing up, like, green bile, like, green neon green, and he's in the back of the – I'm in the back of the ambulance with this guy. Yeah. And the, the two guys are in the front, like, talking about sports, and the guy's in the back with so me. So they're
0: used to it, yeah. No, and I'm,
1: I'm like, God, and he's begging me to kill him. He's like, Jesus please kill Christ. me. I'm just like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, gee, this guy – and he looked really rough. Like, that was really intense. And I was trying to talk to the guys in front, and they were just, like, playing it off like it was normal. I was like, dang, man. I remember we we I had to wrestle this drunk guy into a stretcher. They were like, "Yeah, that's Fred. We pick him up every Wednesday." And I had to we we took this guy and his girl. This girl was like the 16-year-old girl pregnant about to have her baby. I'm in the back of the ambulance with these two kids and I'm trying to talk to the dude. I'm like, "Hey, man, what are you going to do? How are you going to take care of this kid?" I'm trying to give him like a motivational talk like shit, man. We had st- I, there was so much that that was a crazy night. So, yeah. And just to give a little perspective, that night that I worked as an EMT. Yeah. And I realized I'm not cut out for that job. A year later on Easter, I was in the White House. I was at the White House on the lawn and mm-hmm. I met Michelle and I met Obama and like that was another that's a whole other crazy story. Stick a pin in that stash it somewhere. Oh, we're definitely going to get to that. But just to show you how the whole world comes around and like how crazy and different everything is. I don't know how we got here. We started on Garrison
0: well no, what we were talking what we were talking about was uh how you weren't even planning on going to Brooklyn College after the two years no. and you, you the EMT list passed and I think you, you, yeah, I you, you yeah. yeah. I thought it was gonna be a firefighter. Yeah,
1: I thought it was gonna be a firefighter because that was just what was instilled in me. And as a you know i've always been like an eccentric loud boisterous entertainment type of personality my mom is a professional entertainer for many many years you know mm-hmm. my mother was a clown yeah Legendary. i definitely want to talk about that too yeah sure. my mom is lily bet the clown and she served she she was 25 years she worked as a as a kids entertainer yeah you know backyard birthday parties house parties. She, was she
0: just brooklyn i mean all over the city
1: um she was primarily brooklyn but okay. she did jobs in Staten. she would do jobs in manhattan she would do jobs in queens just basically yeah. the surrounding new york area and when i was 18 she gave it to me. Yeah. And when people called for her, she would send me instead. And she taught me a tricks. She taught me a lot. You know, she gave me a, a basically like a little family owned little business mm-hmm. that came out to me. I really didn't want to do it actually because like coming up and who, you know it's like who, who who wants to be a fucking clown? You know? That's what it's and, like the yeah. this, It's like the biggest diss. Look at this fucking clown. Yeah, you know what I'm
0: and saying? exactly. I you know I also before we get too in depth of how it was like growing up with your mom as a clown and how you got handed this business, I want to talk about. uh Growing up as a child with a mom who's a clown, dealing with kids—I want like—is that? <laughs> I can only imagine like being like a, a kid in elementary school, middle school, and you know your friends. Yeah. are your all mom's your friends. A clown, yeah, exactly. Right? You know, exactly. What, what is that like? What was that like?
1: There were jokes. There were jokes, but they never really hit so hard because my mom is such a like a magical like. Big strong energy and presence. Like she yeah. changes every room that she walks into. She has a very profound impact on everybody yeah. she comes into contact with. People love my mom. She's a very special lady. And she definitely she's, transferred to you. Thank you, man. Cheers. Yeah. And she um she's she's similar as a clown as she just is as a regular person. It's just my mom and makeup, you know yeah. what I mean? So a lot of my friends. Their parents hired my mom to do their kids parties. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. so I was like, you know, it, it was just like Roger's mom's the clown. Everybody knows, you yeah. know, everybody in the neighborhood knew her, and um, you know, she was a music teacher. She she did a lot of uh, community uh, like Christmas plays and like mm. taught a lot of kids how to sing. And now what's cool is a lot of my friends who had my mom as their clown they grew up and they
0: had kids Kids and now they hire me you, oh, so it's like man, a real that's pretty cool yeah
1: there's like a sense of like lineage to and it sense
0: of family like that's been in, in yeah. that neighborhood too especially yeah
1: it's pretty cool man
0: I feel like that neighborhood like is kinda similar to where I kinda grew up in upstate New York mm-hmm. where it's such a small, tight-knit thing that everybody knows everybody, I assume. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah, everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah,
1: like I can you hear know. my next-door neighbor fart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's how close yeah, we are. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. That was like my
0: early years in New York before I grew up. Like, I grew up mostly in Florida, middle school, and high school, but right. upstate, you know, my like the town like that. Fort is Lauderdale, is, right? Is that Fort Lauderdale, La- yeah, basically, Deerfield Beach. I just tell people Fort Lauderdale because a lot of people don't know where that is, but it's like right. 10 people, ten minutes or 15 minutes north of yeah. Fort Lauderdale, Deerfield is yeah.
1: So, growing up in Garrison, um, you know, they, when I was a kid growing up, because I would always dress up, I would always be wild and different and try trying to, trying to be unique. Yeah. I knew I was different. I used to just be, like, not think like everybody always, you know, I like to draw, I like to write, I like to break my toys, put them together. They thought I was gay when I was a kid. <laughs> they, like, at one point, they, like, they, they just didn't know what to do with me. I was just a little different. I sucked at all sports. Yeah. But I was on every team and I had a great attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I would always crack jokes. I would play the whole game on the bench. Sometimes. The team the, funny guy. Yo, even though the coaches loved me, man. <laughs> even though I wouldn't even play. I wouldn't even play I was a terrible <laughs> you're player You were just good for the morale dude. Yeah I'm good for I was like a team spirit Type yeah, of guy hell yeah. I, I ended up becoming A college mascot When I went to Kingboro I was just King about Mario. to say You're like the unofficial <laughs> You were like the mascot Yeah the bench, man But
0: before you know Without the costume
1: Yo and yeah Like I, I just got Great memories with that I'm How gonna... is that
0: being a mascot I've always wanted to do that I've always Like when I was in high school When we'd have the mascot Running around the gym Or like anything Where I see it on, on TV Or at sports games College games I'm like that That must be so fun I wouldn't tell anybody First off that I was a mascot Right You know what I mean I would just need to keep that to myself just right. so I can really just like yeah. embrace it you yeah know? and you know
1: what at the time when I was in Kingsboro, I did keep it secret yeah and I did wear a mask and you know what I mean I was a character what was
0: what was the well was the, 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 the,
1: name, the name of the athletic department was called the wave so the college mascot was wave man but they didn't actually have a mascot I just cut a hole in a basketball and like put it on my head actually my friend big oh, Dave, wait, I think you're painting your body blue right yeah no I wore like a blue suit it was a like a superhero suit. character yeah, okay. that made no sense <laughs> yeah you know and i was i was i was the mascot for the basketball team and this is a two year community college and the yeah. basketball team no shade was terrible we yeah. lost every game by like Double digits. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it was hard being a mascot for a team that nobody <laughs> knew, everybody knew wasn't great. There was one game we were losing by like 20 points, and I tried to do a backflip. I had spiders and I sprained my ankle. So, it, at, by the end of the game, like, the mascot had his foot up in his thing. <laughs> and the morale was just, we were just so defeated. You're over there with the trainer. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was terrible. But um yeah, I kept it secret, and it was a lot of fun. It was a really good time. Yeah. And I don't know how we got there.
0: (laughs) Honestly, man, we're all over the place, but I love it.
1: So growing up in Garrison, yada, 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 trying to be a firefighter, yada, yada, yada. Growing up in the family business. Growing up in the family Uh, business. uh, Not
0: necessarily wanting to do it, but kind of, what, feeling the pressure of... Yeah,
1: no, my mom, actually a lady, um, one of my mom's friends, uh, a family in the neighborhood, um, Betty Ann. Betty Ann Donato. Shout out, Betty Ann. Shout Donato. out, Betty Ann Donato and all the Donatos. I love for you. you guys. Cheers to Cheers. you guys. Thanks you for putting me on. I didn't want to. Uh, I was also a lifeguard at Kingsborough. I remember this. And I didn't want to do a kid. I didn't want to be a clown. Yeah. And Betty Ann was like, Roger, come in, do what your mother does. Ra 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 <laughs> Almost like peer pressure bullied me into it. Yeah. And then I did it. And then I and people. I had so much fun just being a goof and getting the laughs and having fun and all my silly, stupid little tricks. It went through many evolutions through time, and now. Here I am all these years later. I've been doing it like 12 years. Yeah. It still pays my bills. I'm still doing it. I'm still, no matter where my life has taken me, people always call me to do their birthday parties for their kids or to do kids entertainment. And now I got like, you know, I got some corporate clients. I got a, yeah. I got like a, a seasonal cyclical thing. I told you, it's, it's uh, November right now. I, I used to be a pirate. Now I just shaved. We're going into December. Now I'm turning into the Christmas elf.
0: Yeah, I know right? you do the elf Roger. Yeah, what elf, is it? Elf Roger. Elf Roger. Right.
1: Yeah, so, and... um. And how I and the the ciphers and the rapping and the hip hop and everything like that when I was in high school I used to uh, I was in a gospel chorus and there were dudes in the gospel that would always like freestyle and like rap and like beatbox I thought it was so cool yeah I thought it was just like the coolest thing I will never forget these guys they were they made a little group it was called Exit and there was a guy <laughs> named uh, Latik Eric and Sean and I love you guys forever and I bumped into uh, oh and Mikey. And uh, you guys were just so dope, and no one will ever know you, you. No one will ever know you guys, but I'll always remember you guys as the as the dudes who I wanted to like emulate and be a part of. And I couldn't even be a part of it. I would just watch him and be like, "Damn, that's so cool." But I was too shy, man. I'm like yeah. freshman year. I'm a chubby dude. I'm like in gospel. I can't rap. And then sophomore year, I finally got my feet wet and I started stepping into it. We were cool, and I started doing. That. I became friends with my man Daniel Brown. We became a group, Doctor Beatbox because he was Daniel I was Roger and we could both beatbox yeah and we could both he could sing really well and I I would freestyle and rap and write write little bars and stuff like that and uh, then we found out about these ciphers and then I started going to these ciphers and I never
0: stopped and it's just crazy to me though like one thing that's always and we'll we'll still will stay on track with this but one thing that's always uh, intrigued me about you is your ability to not care Or and and I don't want to say not care because I don't know what you're actually thinking, but I'm saying your ability to feel comfortable with ever. And so you say with your freshman year you were this shy kid, you know, jumping in. You you, and then all of a sudden within the next year, boom, you're rapping in ciphers and all of a sudden you're Yeah, well did it just happen that quick? No, it it did not happen that quick. Okay.
1: I sucked for a long time. Everybody made fun of me. I made a fool of myself. Yeah. I sounded stale and like pfft, the most blandest, driest, you know, white meat chicken. Yo, yogurt. but a
0: lot of people can't do that, bro. A lot of people don't have. They never uh, get the through ab- that. They don't get through. Exactly. They don't right. get through that.
1: And I'm glad I went through a lot of that before yeah. everything was recorded and digital. And I'm, I know true. there's videos true. out there that come yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I true. realized like <laughs> in high school, I went to Edward R. Murrow, also where Joey bad yeah, and a pro yeah, yeah. a lot of dudes went and, um. Shout out to Edward Amaro. It's a great school. It really allows you to be yourself and uh, find yourself. And as as an actor, entertainer, dude, it really was a great place for me. You know what I mean? And um, outside of uh, school when I went to the Cyphers in the city in the trains at the hip hop subway series, the skill level was much higher. Yeah. And everybody was like really hungry. Like rappers had business cards and everybody was trying to outdo each other. And it was like, rah, like, I, I, could, I was like, oh geez, man. It
0: was your introduction to like real hip hop shit. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And at that time I could not grasp the idea of what hip hop even was. I think actually that's the first time the, the phrase hip-hop ever really entered my mind was at these uh, ciphers.
0: Was music like a thing coming up in your house?
1: Well, my mom sings a lot. She plays the guitar. She's Lyrics.com. She's yeah. also worked at a, a nursing home for many years, and she was the uh, recre- music recreation Therapist. So she would do shows with the old people, which is adorable and hilarious. Yeah. And she was a music teacher at a school in Rockaway. Okay, cool. So she did a lot of music and singing and dancing and you know, just like a lot of a lot of music. I did Irish step dancing with my sister when I was a kid. So music is a big influence. Okay. Like it was always around, a very musical family. You know, family reunions, everybody singing, big giant family. Everybody's loud. We we perform and sing and entertain each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even when I was a kid, like my mom made me and my sister do sh- like entertain the guests or company or she was always doing shows. So she always put us in it forefront. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like normal to me. So by the time I grew up, my shyness factor had been like removed cause I had been always on a stage doing stuff. Yeah. And, um, uh, so yeah, there's that. And Yeah, like that was like my first real introduction introduction to hip-hop and I realized it must be important to me And I must love it because it was something that nobody told me to do And I would go so far out of my way just to watch it and be close to it and be a part of it Yeah, the, you know, yeah, you travel you, dude. You gotta understand Garrison Beach. There's no trains that go there There's just one bus that goes in and out. Yeah. you can only get in what in car yeah. or boat? <laughs> <laughs> or skateboard or bike, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would take a bus to a train You know, from the first stop to the last stop, get on a train, go into the city all by myself, just as a young kid, just to be around this environment. And I was so, like, enthralled by it. And that passion never really left me. Like, right now in my life, like, I I miss it. Like, there's not enough of that around me. You Mm. know what I mean? I wish I could rap more. I wish I could freestyle more. I wish I was around hungry MCs like that just to get that vibe. You know what I'm saying? I live for those moments. And that passion and that energy and that come up is what led us into who's on deck. Yeah. Because I told you, I asked ex- I ex- Kid Lucky, the guy who started the series. I said, "Hey, man, can I start it here at Brooklyn College?" He said, "No, man, do your own thing." Yeah, and that's that's how I that's how I came with it. So, yeah, that's like this. That's like a pretty condensed, summarized come up story. But it's definitely foreign. Yeah. It's definitely like, like nobody, my neighborhood. You know, that's not like the, the the typical type of thing. It's not very typical. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. guess I guess you could say.
0: No, yeah, for sure. I mean, it it it's it was just interesting to me. I mean, that always that always. Uh, Intrigued me. Uh, yeah,
1: the kid from Garrison.
0: The kid from yeah, the kid from Garrison. Who? Okay, let's let's uh, let's get a little personal. Go ahead. I want to I want to talk about this. The kid from Garrison Beach, who you say is a space of you know, I mean, not something I I'm not saying not so much now, but there was a lot of you know uh, discrimination, racism, and things like that, right? But you, but you, you are a big uh, supporter of you know hip-hop history and hip-hop culture yeah. which is predominantly black right of course and one thing i want to i want to touch on is just like how was that what was that like well what was that introduction like to your family and
1: they don't get it at all well yeah
0: I, you know and i and i I don't want to get too i don't want to like put you on the spot here but um the whole interrelationships with the, with your past girlfriends and stuff like that not just a like hip-hop culture but like I remember you. I'm mean, sorry if I get. It's okay, I, man. You know, I, I got no shame. But, but I, but I remember you telling me, you know, your last, the girlfriend that I met you with, it was a Haitian girl, I believe. Mm-hmm. And pre- excuse me if I'm wrong, but a lot of your girlfriends are all like Caribbean. I, I assume, right?
1: I prefer. Uh, I am more. I, I, I got rejected by a lot of white girls when I was yeah. small and young and chubby. And the first girl to ever give me love was a Jamaican girl. Cool. And I think. Like I think. It. I think it, altered my perception a little bit. Yeah. And I you know, like I I had a serious, I was in a serious relationship with a you know, with a black girl. Yeah. So and that's I, a thing. That is
0: And I yeah, then it's like it takes me back to the time where I mean we had like a real serious conversation one time. I think it was like before the show and you were talking about how you were tired and stuff. And I was like, What what do you mean? And you're like, yo, I literally have to like sleep in my van. I think it was your dad's van. Like I think yeah. you have to sleep in your dad's your the green van, right? Mary Bernadine was the name of that van. The van with your girlfriend because not, only do your parents not agree with your relationship? I don't yeah. think her parents agreed with her being with a white guy, right? Uh, what actually, the hell is like that? That what?
1: dynamic is a little different, actually. That yeah. was a little. That was a little different. So we couldn't go to my place. We couldn't go to her place. So we had my van. Yeah. And.
0: Uh, but like, how does that? How does that? How does that work? How do you push against the grain of your parents? I can assume that they were pushing against us, as you. you sure.
1: Know. I mean, I mean, times have changed. Yeah. But like I said, Garretson, and. You know uh, I don't know how to speak on it I don't want to I don't want to paint my parents In any bad light No But like early
0: The fact the Well I, And before you keep going I, You know A lot of people will have this issue With you know what, Not wanting to speak on uh, Like how you say You don't want to speak on your parents But the matter of the fact is Is we can't control How our parents were raised We can't control right. What was instilled with them Through their parents We can only try and What you know, they've gone it. through exactly. You know what I
1: mean My dad did time In like the, the Early 70s Yeah Like it was either late sixties or early seventies, you know, this is (laughs) racial tension is at a high. Yeah, That was then it's still bad now, but like then it was even more like overt and it was definitely, there's a lot of trials and tribulations and personal awakenings because you know, when we're born and we go to school and we grow up, we're in doctrine we're we're programs, there's things we're taught. There's things in the media that, that just like condition the way you view the world. And those things need to be challenged because yeah. you need to challenge your own biases. You need to challenge, you got to realize, you got to open your eyes. You know what I mean? Everybody has a different American experience. This country is not, doesn't treat everybody the same. And, you know, you can't, I can't say, I can't be a true partner and I can't love be in love with a black woman and not be awake and aware of all of these, all of this history of oppression and all this, mm. you know, discrimination and everything and like, Every, everything you gotta, you gotta wake up. You gotta understand. You gotta see what it is. You gotta really like reevaluate everything. And there was a lot of pushback on me at this point in my life. People realize Roger's gonna do what Roger's gonna, gonna do, do yeah. and he's gonna love who he's gonna love. But like early on, I, I remember being young, and my dad was like, "I want pink
0: grandkids." You want? want, want. She He like, wanted? He
1: he said, "I want pink grandkids."
0: As a oh, white, white. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, "You
1: understand what I'm saying?" And I was only like, I was 17 when he told me that, and I was kind of like. You know, that kind of like, kind of did, didn't sit well with me.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? Especially going to like, I can just, Edward R. Murrow, like, I mean, going, you didn't go to school in Garrison. I don't know what schools are down there, but like, yeah. you kind of like, you went a little bit farther into like Flatbush. Yeah,
1: I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, you go to, if you live in Garrison, you either go to Catholic school or you go to like, you know, Marine, Marine Park or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Edward R. Murrow, that school just, Seemed a lot cooler. It was so much cooler. Yeah. It was just like a performance art school, mm-hmm. and I was a performance arts kid, so it, it allowed me to flourish. Actually, I didn't really get into it until my, till my sophomore year because my sister said, "You got to do this," and I was a little punk and I didn't. Uh, I had too much energy and not enough places to put it. in the I don't positive know how way.
0: well you would have done in Catholic school. I think you would have been a menace.
1: <laughs> probably, probably, um, but in a, in a funny way. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, Morrow. Just you know, that's where that's where I really. Got to, you know, come into myself and find yeah. myself. And I realized a lot of things that I love and what I love to do. And I'm still doing them years later. So um, I'm grateful for that. And, you know, we're still currently in a, in a tense, tough, hard time. Mm. Um, and, you know, we got to just like I, <laughs> I have to be like anti-racist actively. I have to be an ally. I have to be aware. I have to be able to speak on it. You know what I mean? And that's just something that, you know, just comes with the territory. Yeah. You can't, you can't enjoy this culture if, and, and only enjoy the fun parts, the party parts. I can't love hip hop and not be aware, you know, of public enemy and the impact that they had on music and the impact they had on the world. Yeah. You know, things like that. So I got a bar. It's like, you know, I'm a hometown hero, but my heart is public enemy because where I'm from, everybody is, like I said, cops. Yeah. Firefighters.
0: The opposite of what Gar- garbage yeah. men, hmm.
1: uh, city serve civil servants. And these, ju- these, these positions are looked at in the highest regard, the most respect. And um, in a time like this, where people are being called out on their shit and you know, the truth is rising to the surface and it's kind of undeniable what kind of systemic racism exists and the way different people are treated. You know what I mean? A, a, ki- a kid shoots up a, a, a church and they give him a bottle of water, and they give him McDonald Burger King on the way can, yeah. on the way to the on the way to the jail. <laughs> a dude has a picnic in the park with his family, and has the cops called on him. Yeah, and we know that th- that can escalate, and that could be an act of harm. You know what I mean? Like that could cause that could that's dangerous. So I don't know. I, I mean,
0: what was Garrison? What what was? I mean, are you living in Garrison still, or are you kind of uh, are you out of there now? Because pa- I remember you were on your own. You were living in another spot for a little bit.
1: Right? Yeah, I was living in Fort Green okay, for a while. Yeah. And I've been living in Canarsie for a while. Canarsie, Brooklyn. Okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. I would say that it's more open-minded now than it has ever been. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's still a small town, super small neighborhood. I love it with my whole heart. You know, it's been – the people of Garrettson have been hiring me for kids' parties, and I can't speak down on it. But everybody kind of uh, – they they learn and they, they get more compassion and they get more empathy at different stages. Mm. They wake up at different times. And uh, yeah, man. With all that being said, I want to give a quick fuck Trump <laughs> 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 for real. though. Oh, we'll cheer. I would say let's cheers that. But you want a little bit more? Yeah, sure. I'm yeah, okay. A bit? But um, mm. yeah. I just wanna. I wanna be. I wanna make sure I want the right side of history and that I'm one of the good guys and I'm a part of the solution. I'm not a part of the problem. I'm mm. a part of the evolution. I'm a part of like. You know, people being take thinking a little deeper yeah. than than just what they're taught.
0: I'm pouring this a little. You know, I, I, don't, I look so weird pouring
1: this. Nah, way. you're cool. You're cool. This
0: looks a little. I just like angle <laughs> a, a little, a little weird. Uh, let's talk about uh, being a super sprout. A super sprout. <laughs> talk to me about this, man. Because okay, we graduated college 2013, and then uh, next thing I see, yeah, this guy is traveling the country as a super. What well, were you? You were the broccoli, right? No, man. I or were was... you every? You were. I was the human. You were the oh, you were the host. Yes, 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 yes. So, so Super Sprouts. Let's talk about it. Okay, cool. What was it?
1: So check this out. There's this guy named Josephus Tud Tud. He's a retired marine. I love you, Joe. If you ever see this, Um, and he said, "Raj, I'm shooting for this company. You got to come and check them out. Yeah. You got to meet these people because he knows I do the kids' parties, and uh, it was this company called Super Sprouts. Mm -hmm. And I go there and I'm just meeting people. And I, I don't even realize at the time that I'm talking to this lady who's the CEO. And it was like a casual interview that we just had in conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, right after that, it was, was kind of like Sesame Street. Like that, how they were teaching you how to read it with yeah, the puppets that's and the Yeah, the I got from it. In this, in this case, it was teaching you about nutrition and eating vegetables and eating, you know what I mean? Like a healthier lifestyle and trying to make vegetables cool. Yeah. Like you can eat your superpowers. You eat broccoli, you get super strong. You eat carrots, you get laser vision. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so they hired me and my first job with them, we did a big show in Las Vegas. Then we came back and then we did a tour around America. Yeah. And that was like one of the most grueling, intense so, experiences that's of what my I'm life. Saying. So right what after that? college, that yeah. was my first job. Yeah,
0: it, and what is that like? What was it like? What was a tour in the country as a as a as a, as super a host spru- yeah, of a yeah. super sprout of a host of a of a cartoon show? Yeah, or not a cartoon. Re- they weren't cartoons. It was real it was puppets. Yeah, puppets. and it
1: was uh, mascot characters. Mascot you know, characters in the suits yeah. and things. And we were doing you're boring. literally
0: teaching kids. That by eating vegetables, they can have superpowers.
1: Yo, I just took a trip to uh, Philly, right? hmm And, um, uh, you know, my friend was like, have you ever been to Philly? And I was like, yeah, I've been to Philly one time because we did a show there at Super Sprouts. And so I'll never forget, like, we, we did shows. So we, we were doing live shows throughout the country. Yeah. I think it was like 26 or 27 cities in like under a month. Okay. So it's a dense, tight. Hard schedule, hard show. Back on the bus, go, go show. Go, back on the bus, go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go. We're I lost ten pounds in a month <laughs> from stress and like poor eating yeah. and overworking. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, we did a show in Philly. I will never forget it, and it always makes me smile when I think about it because we did this show. You know, we got there early. We set it up. All the kids came in in the auditorium. A lot of kids, big show, big, big audience. I come in on the skateboard. You know, I do my cartwheels. Are you guys ready? I do my whole thing. And then at the end of the show, we realized because we were shooting a documentary as we were doing this tour. And we learned that after I do a live show, and we wanted to interview kids and stuff, they would be much more receptive and open to talking after the show because yeah. they see me being silly and having fun and working out with the superhero vegetables, Brian Broccoli, Colby Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was this one kid and I was, I'll was i never forget his face. I was like, yeah, man, you what you eat make affects how you feel it, affects how you perform. He was like, I want to be a basketball player. I was like, Psh, you got to train hard you got to eat right. And I was telling him about it, I tell him about the vegetables. I'll never forget this little kid. He might've been like six or seven years old. He was like, it's so simple. <laughs> and I remember just like laughing off of that like for years still now to this day, man.
0: Yo, it's so funny. I mean, I, yo, I, ever since I got a nephew, I, my appreciation for little kids has grown so much. Oh, you know, good. like once you see a kid grow from Small yeah, to from big. From small to big, and you see their personality. Yeah. It's like, yo, know, it's opened you up. And I can't even imagine, man, like just traveling. What's the craziest? Tell me some of the craziest things if you can remember. I'm sure you have a, a memory box of some of the crazier things king, kids have said or done at these, yeah. at these events.
1: I did a show in Chicago. Yeah. And the auditorium, the auditorium was like all torn up. The yeah. chairs were messed up. They didn't even have enough money in the school for gym class. Mm. Gym class had been cut. And that was like, what? Yeah. Come on. What? Like, it's just as important to be aware and be physical as it is to be mental and strong and stuff like that. And the kids were like, uh, um, they were harder to win over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I remember this little girl who was just not having it. I tried to call her as a volunteer and she just gave me so much attitude and I gave her attitude. Yeah. And it was like, it became like this competition kind of thing. And it was really funny. And I did a show in, in a barn in
0: like, in like,
1: where is it? Uh, New Orleans at a <laughs> barn for like for like twelve kids yeah. in a barn, and then I did a show in Texas for like and this not, is all recorded for, too. All right? recorded, okay, a lot yeah. of it's recorded. Yeah, I did a show in Texas for like nine hundred kids. Yeah, and they were all seated on the floor, and I remember the first thing I think i like, damn, these kids are well behaved. Yeah, we didn't even have you know there was just like an ocean of them, and and I remember coming out on the board and like doing a move, and then he, feeling the whole audience be like, <gasps> like yeah. react to me, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, whoa, this is intense, this is a wild energy right here I got going on, and. uh man, what can I tell you, dude? I was in South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. Um, I met Loaded Lux that night, actually, in South by South. And uh, I also met another rapper based out of Brooklyn, Red Hook Brooklyn, a guy named Chris Casanova. I don't know if you'll ever see this. I do know the name. Yeah, uh, Chris Casanova. And um, and I know Loaded Lux. You know, if
0: if you know Battle Rap, you know Loaded Lux. You know Loaded Lux. He's
1: a legendary uh, uh, Harlem repping battle rapper. Yeah. And... um, Yo, there's just so many stories. I mean, where do I what's one I Let's got.
0: talk about let's talk about uh going to DC.
1: Okay. All right, okay. You want this story?
0: You wanna you wanna give re- it to me? i to you. You wanna tell me another story? No, first. no, no. It no, looks no. like you had another story that you had in mind.
1: This is of the stories of Tor, of the stories I can remember, this is the one.
0: Okay. Let's this let's is possibly yeah.
1: the coolest story I have to tell.
0: Let's hear it. I'm not even gonna say anything. Okay. Let's, just listen to it.
1: So we're doing a show at an elementary school in D.C. and Michelle Obama is gonna perform with us. The whole, the whole tour, the whole time, we always knew about this. You know what I mean? We had to secure- And let's keep
0: this in mind. This is when she was in office.
1: This is when Michelle Obama is in office. This is during the time she was on the Let's Move initiative, mm-hmm. which was just trying to get the country People healthy. Active, yeah. yeah, obesity is an issue, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Diabetes, like we got lots of problems. We eat too much, we don't train enough, we're not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the stars aligned was for me and Michelle to do a show. So the day of security's top tier dogs come mm-hmm. sniff our van, sniff our trailer, pat it down security checks, security checks going through the, we, we did a whole run through of the show. We had a stand in for Michelle. Mm-hmm. So the first time I would ever see her was at the at live the show okay. in, the, in, in, in real time. Yeah. So, um, And now, I had been at the school for a while before the show happened. We looked at the two different spaces. I did a a little mini show for this younger group of kids. Then I did another show for this other group of kids. And uh, one of my instructions was don't touch her. That was like one of the things. And I was like, okay, cool. I can understand that. And uh, keep keep your space. So we're doing the show. I got got the superhero vegetables with me. There's like a crowd of a couple kids in front of me. And then in the room, it's it's in like a classroom. There's there's a bunch of news. All cameras, around the back. Yeah, all yeah, around yeah, the back yeah. of the wall. So just to give you a, a, a setup, just to set the st- set the tone. So I introduce her. There's footage of this. There's This is on video. I'm like, Michelle Obama. She comes out. Woo. Crowd goes wild. I get hyped. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michelle <laughs> Obama? The first lady of the United States? Never in my life did I think I would be here.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: she comes out. I'm like, I get so excited. I do this move. I go. i just like grabbed myself to contain my energy and uh i was like introducing her she gave me a little high five you know we did a good little workout we did a great job it was a good show the kids laughed the people were laughing The music hit. Like we were doing our dance moves. She danced. We worked out. We did a fun (laughs) little show together.
0: And 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 people who are there watching, they can just what search Super Sprouts Michelle Obama. It'll probably come up, right? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Cool.
1: And um, you know, and these little kids are dancing with us. They're having a good time. They don't even know Michelle. I mean, maybe they they probably. I'm sure they know Michelle Obama. They They don't know know
0: know. the importance of the grat. They can't. They're too young to grasp. The importance, they know she's an important right, person, but right. the fact that they're in the same room, they don't, you know. So,
1: remember this moment, because this is a two-part story. This okay. is part one, <laughs> okay,
0: right.
1: okay? And we're also going to quit and Tarantino the story and cut back to the beginning and then come back to where we are in order for it to make sense towards the end. All right. Stick with me. The show was a success. Claps all around, everything's great. We go into another room with this younger group of kids. And remember I told you I did the show with the younger group of kids and this other group of kids at this one point? So... Michelle is going, there's a bunch of kids eating carrots and hummus at the tables, and Michelle's going table to table, and this is a part of the day that I was not instructed upon what to do. Yeah. So I'm on the back with all the uh news anchors and you know all the cameras and stuff like that. And the um director of events, this woman, I forget her name, she signaled for me to go and interact. She was like, Go do the thing, go do do this. She did like this gesture, right? So I was like Oh, okay, cool. So I try to do like a Looney Tunes type of thing. You know where they cut like a slice of the cake and then the guy says, thanks. And they take the cake and leave the slice. (laughs) I tried to do something like that. They were like dipping hummus in broccoli. I said, all right, thanks guys. So I took like a dip of like a a broccoli with some hummus and I like gave it to Michelle. And then I took the whole tray and I walked (laughs) away. (laughs) And like... (laughs) yo you're laughing but at the time the joke didn't hit because she was so focused like I think it missed the mark and I was like damn so I came back we had a quick little laugh about it and then at this little table with all these little kids there was this little girl I'll never forget her face and I'll never forget the way that she sounded she was like show Michelle the picture we drew earlier and earlier in the day I was with these kids we were drawing pictures I drew a picture of Brian Broccoli one of the characters in the Mm -hmm. show and I was like great idea but the picture that we drew was in the other room. So what did I do? I ran out of the room. And then I ran into the other room. And they I lost sight of you wall. so they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then I started running back into the room to show Michelle the picture. <laughs> but there's secret service everywhere. There's yeah. security. There's this and that. And before I could get back into the room to show the picture, this dude poof, stops me. Two hands on my chest. Puts me up against the wall. Tells me I need to calm down. Pats me down. butt me down. What are you doing? I'm like, I have to show Michelle this picture. (laughs) When there's like, when the first lady's in the room, you can't run in and out of the room. You can't make any sudden movements. You can't like do anything that's not in the, in the, you know, program. Yeah. So we had a little scare and I'm definitely on a list somewhere. And somebody definitely like hacked into my email and like deleted some messages at one point in time. And, um. I went back, and I showed Michelle the picture, and we laughed about it. The little girl laughed about it. It was a great time. Yeah. Overall, the day was a huge success, and I will never forget it. And I'm so honored to have been a part of this moment
2: dude, in Dude,
0: I remember watching that and being like, like what the what fuck the is Roger
2: doing?
0: doing, dude? Like, you look at you're like you look at him, I look at you, and I'm like, holy shit. Yo. We just graduated college, and now this dude's fucking hanging out with Michelle Obama. I was like, what the hell? All right, check
1: this out. And this is great, because we're going to even go back to the Easter story where I was at EMT in the Bronx. yeah. yeah. So now it's, now it's a year later from when me and you were hosting uh, Who's on Deck, when I was trying to be a firefighter, when I was in the EMT. And now it's Easter, and I go to this Easter egg roll uh, show in at the White House in D.C. Mach- okay, so grasp that. Also, I want to just a little sidebar. If you've ever listened to uh, Skyscrapers, the Big Sean album, there's a bar where he mm-hmm. talks about seeing Jim Carrey. At the White House yeah and I was at the White House that day on the lawn I saw Big Sean perform and I saw big I saw Jim Carrey reading books to kids oh. and I know that when he made that bar it was in reference to that day and I just feel cool because I was there
0: yeah that's cool that that's cool, cool man yeah
1: but then okay so check this out so I'm walking through the lawn and I gotta go I gotta go get somebody at an entrance and to sign them in right all of a sudden secret security dudes secret service guys come out, back I saw I'm in to like walking through a crowd Bunch of dudes come up and push us back. Bah, bah, you got to move back, move back, move back. I'm like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? They push us back. Guess who's walking, coming down the line to greet all these people? Take a guess. Michelle Obama. No. Who? Barack Obama. Barack Obama? Barack Obama, ladies and gentlemen. What? Barack Obama. All right. I'm just so thoroughly shook. So I'm interested in what you So this I'm in is. a crowd right now. They blocked us all off. I'm in like a line like this. Barack's coming down the line, and he's just like, Clapping hands and take people want to take pictures with him, and he's like, Stop, come on. He's doing his Brock thing, he's just clapping people, right? So he gets up, he comes to me, and mind you, I just did that show with Michelle, it was only like a month prior. Yeah, so he comes to me, he's just touched, giving high fives to people. He gets to me, right? He grabs my hand, I do this to him, I grab his hand like this. I go, I was that guy with Michelle and the vegetables, I was that guy dancing with Michelle. And you know what he says? I saw that. Great work. Great work. He says that. I go, oh! I just freak out, man. I just can't keep my cool. And he kind of like lets me go. He like pushes me up. He's like, okay, all right. Okay, can I go? Come on. Man. And he like tries to calm me down. So I'm like, I'm just like, oh my God, dude. He saw it. He said, great work. Michelle must have gone home to him that night and said, yo, I met this crazy goofy guy with yeah. curly hair. He was dancing around. So guess who's, so Barack keeps walking. I'm elated right now. I can't believe this. I never thought I'd meet the president. Are you kidding me? I'm a kid from Garrison Beach. I thought I was going to be a firefighter. Yeah. I'm out here dancing with superhero vegetables in the White House. Now Michelle is starting to walk down the line. This is my second time meeting her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bracing myself. I'm like, oh my God, it's Michelle Obama. I'm more excited for Michelle than I was even for Barack. I'm looking at her calm. She's coming down the line. She sees me and she does one of these. She goes... Oh, she puts up her hands. She's much more warm and embracing than she was at the school. Yeah. Because at the school, she, she didn't like, know who oh. the hell you were. She had to be focused on tunnel vision. Now we had, this is my second time seeing her and me and her had a whole little day together of doing these shows for kids. So I see her, she gives me a big hug. She goes, oh. and then I go, oh, <laughs> like I yell, ah! and then she's like, okay, okay, okay. She gives me a hug. I'm talking about a deep hug. I'm talking full arm wrap I'm talking about I got long arms yeah I got a grip on this lady she was like my height by the way she's a gorgeous knockout powerful presence huge I'm in there I'm holding her like this we're literally snuggled up my my jaw and my eyes are I'm just like (laughs) I'm like losing it man and uh we just let each other go we just had such a nice warm embrace Mm. and then the day went on and this is my Michelle Obama story
0: that's crazy dude that's
1: insane. True story. Like never in a million years. And whatever, and, what, and that was you just did the one tour with them, right? I did that one tour with them, and then yeah. I continued to work with them. And then we had a YouTube series. There's YouTube episodes of the show. I wrote the I wrote the scripts for the show. You mm. can check them out. If I do remember. Parent, that. Yeah, yeah. In the kitchen, to, right? It was yeah, like it's in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a, a super sprout. Ki- what was it? Cooking raw with the super sprouts. It was basically me and a bunch of Food Network people. Yeah. Like, have them on as guests. You know who came on as a guest on the show? Who? Sway. Sway from Oh, Sway. really? Yeah. I wrote a script and he read it and acted it out with the puppets, man. That episode never aired. But when I met so- – let's just do a quick little dive in. When I met Sway, I was also extremely excited. He was a guest on the show. I took out my phone because I wanted to play an instrumental and rap for him. He thought I was trying to look at my bars. He was like, nah, man, you can't do that. I was like, nah, man, look it is. this. Boop. And I played an instrumental. Yeah. I believe it was I Got a Story to Tell by B.I.G., one of my favorite instrumentals to freestyle to and he was impressed and then we had a great day we had a great show and i'll never forget that and i'm also a christmas elf for viacom for their holiday parties Mm. and i saw him leaving viacom one day and i just said yo sway man it's so great to meet you i met you on the show it's great to see you i love what you do man and i just got had had that nice moment with him and then he commented on my videos sometimes with me dancing so like i'm on his radar and like a lifelong dream and goal of mine is to be on that show and to and to just like to really really destroy the five fingers of yeah. death, you know what I'm saying? That's cool. So that's that's. I, remember,
0: I have a I mean before I go into my next story about you, I have a funny little inter interjection on that. I remember when we were doing the radio show, we were doing Who's on Deck, uh I got called in for the for an internship interview at Sway in the morning. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, forgot my forgot my resume. Oh. <laughs> The one thing you need? That's important. You got my resume, dude. This is like I I was also going upstate after I think I had like a family member just passed. There was a lot of shit going on. But I like I walked up, I like walked into the uh thing I, and it was my first ever interview, so I was just like, Wait, I I sent you my resume. Like, don't you have it? Ooh. I didn't know you had to bring your own. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Come on, what is it? This? I, our I copies? I, I thought this was paper? A, you know, I knew I did it wasn't a job. I thought, you know, I was looking at it different. But anyways, after the Super Sprout stuff, I was Right. Fully tuned in for the uh, the Rock when you were working with Dwayne, you were doing that Dwayne Johnson like promo yeah. run thing. That what, what, what was that? You were trying to what? It was the chance to be in a match with him. Or it was in a the show? chance
1: to have you. So the Rock had just dropped his YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, big
1: deal. YouTube being one of the big you know online content creators, and he did a challenge. Called, he did a, a competition called Rock the Promo, mm. and it was basically a smack talk competition. Who could talk the most smack? And it was like you know, like a tournament, and they would rank them and votes and things like that, and they would judge us. And I made it. I made it. So I know I'm,
0: we were me, my mom, my sister, and I were all tuned into your videos. My mom and sister also love you, by the way. They, oh, they, shout they, out! They to watch her. your uh, <laughs> your so <laughs> they watch your motivational Monday videos and stuff that you. Oh, that's do. awesome, man! Yeah, I got to yeah.
1: start doing those again. I've been a little low key, but um, yeah. So this is the rocks, the rock, and basically he wanted to generate. Uh, Content and subscribers and bring attention to his YouTube channel. Yeah, and at the time and still really now I'm, I'm not really popping on YouTube, but I was a part of a competition that uh, ww uh, I forget was it was WWF or WWE They did a show. There's a show called tough enough and it's a, a it's another smack talk Promo competition style show so I did that one and then when the time so and I got pretty far in that one, too and that was to be a wrestler. If you won that, you would go on to be a professional wrestler, and they would train you. And I got far in that, but I didn't make it to the final round. And then when The Rock did this Smack Talk competition, I took the same character that I created for that thing, mm-hmm. like Roger Hansen, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. You know, me, yeah. like, throwing kicks in, in my Tims, just being wild.
0: I remember one of your promo videos. I swear to God, I think you slid 25 feet on wet pavement. People bring that up to me all <laughs> the time. Oh, he, your intro, your intro. you just come out, what? You just, like, run from Grand out of the Grand Army cage. Plaza. You know that fountain? <laughs> oh, my
1: The ground was like slippery. So I just like slide (laughs) out,
0: slide into the camera, bro. I swear to God, you must have slid like 25 feet. Yo, (laughs) uh, of like like, all the cool stories
1: that of all the things that I do that people (laughs) like and enjoy. For some reason, that slide is like one of the most popular things people (laughs) bring up to me. And, you know, I went back to Grand Army Plaza, the place where I shot the video. Yeah. And uh, I, I tried to look. I tried to find the slippery spot. and I
0: couldn't find it again. I was like, damn, man, how the hell did I slide like that? It was Any- this moment, dude. It was it was meant to be in that moment of that promo. I suppose so. I don't think you could if if you would have tried to do it again. I don't think it would have
2: worked. No,
1: I did, and it didn't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so whatever, man. So that was a rock the promo challenge, and I made it to the I made it to the last the next stage that I was supposed to go on. I honestly feel like I was robbed, bro. Like I wanted to keep going. I, was, so I do too. I bro. thought as who's the guy
0: that you lost to?
1: Well, I love these guys. His name is AJ Kirsch, and his character was Joseph Bro. Uh, broseph joe brody and he's a he is a wrestling uh commentator and uh you know wrestler he's he's in the business and he's incredible and me and him went on to become friends actually but he's the dude that ended up winning the competition much respect and much deserving and then next to him was uh, ari this kid named ari and this dude named glenn and they were a, a tag team called sweet revenge mm-hmm. and um i was you know at the end they, they paired you up with somebody and it was like two on two versus two on two and i just we didn't i ma- i didn't make the cut but damn, son, I was this close to meeting The Rock. And this is after Super Sprouts. This is after that whole ship sank and I, and I couldn't – I wasn't doing that anymore. I thought this was going to be my ticket. I thought this was my next thing that's going to put Raj and set me off. You mm. know what I'm saying?
0: Isn't that crazy how that shit works? Like we all have those – I've had those things too where I was like this is the next. This is it. Right. This you is know, the you, next, thought this, this, you thought this – This is the thing was, that's going to push me This is to the thing that's going to make it to the next level and this is the thing that's going to make me uh, – little bit more comfortable with my journey and then boom it's taken away or something happens. Yeah. And the, I think the hardest thing to to realize is that it just wasn't meant to happen. Do you, how do you, do you feel like that? Or do you think, you know, do you ever like sit back and think like, uh, you know, as far as like super sprouts or the, you know, the, the rock stuff goes like, do you ever sit back and be like, damn, I should have did this differently. I should have done that differently. Or yeah, is it kind of just like, this it is what it is and move we you know what i mean now you know more things are coming to you and
1: uh. eventually you got to accept it you got to take whatever happens and just move forward but there are moments where i'm like oh shoulda woulda coulda coulda done it this way coulda done it yeah better. i mean i think everybody has that yeah i mean for sure and you know i thought tough enough was going to be the thing if I if I won that competition and they were gonna train me to be a professional wrestler, I would have took that. Yeah, I would have did it, man. Because I'm a physical comedian, slapstick. I take yeah. hits, I fall,
0: I do this stuff all the time. I'm about that life.
1: I'm a little older now. I'm a little beat up and rugged. Yeah, I you mean, yeah,
0: well, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about that too. Uh, physical comedy. Yeah. Well, like so what? I, only I mean the only person I can think of like physical comedy and in in, you know who I'm gonna. Say. I don't know if you think you know who I'm gonna say. Jim Carrey. No, Chris, Chris, Chris Farley. Chris I, was Farley. Say, I was like, when I look at you, I, yeah, and and I think of physical comedians, I think of Chris Farley doing the van by the river, river by Oh yeah, the van. <laughs> yeah, the van by the river. <laughs> of course, I
1: mean, yeah, and go, go. Like falling through the tables Come on, and just man. working Come on, using dude. his body. Absolutely. And what I, is that
0: like? I mean, have you have you run into a lot of like shit with your body? Have you you know? Yes.
1: Yes. I, and I know
0: you train. I know you work out. I know you're a physical trainer on top of all I, the other million things that you do. But. Yeah,
1: but physical training came about because I had injured myself doing physical comedy so many times. And I constantly had to, like, stretch and, like, rehab myself back to health. And I like working out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was chubby growing up, so getting fit and learning to exercise was, is a great journey. And it's still a really big part of me. Um, but I, like, you know, I'm 31. I've, I'm almost 30. Man. I pulled this shoulder has been through too much. This wrist has been through too much. This tailbone, this knee, this ankle. You know how many times I pulled my neck just dancing? <laughs> three. The answer is three. That's how hard. That's how hard I party. Yeah. You know and. Uh, <laughs> I'll do anything for a laugh. And uh, I practice these moves. Uh, you know, I, I have moves that I go to. I slip on banana peels. I bang my head into walls. That's why I keep my hair nice and long because it has like an echo effect. It's like a cartoon. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, If you If you, like, you hit something and then the hair kind of moves with it, you, it's, it's up right now. But you normally see me. I got my yeah, yeah, yeah. hair out. And, um, you know, it, it gets, I get laughs. It's, it's, it's all for laughs and a good time. And that's, that's my job. Mm. So as a kids entertainer and as a slapstick comedian, it's a very signature style. And I like to I like to work on it and hone my craft and you know I look to all the greats. Yeah. I look to Chris Farley. I look to um, Jim Carrey. I look to, you know, anybody who's who's The Rock. You ever see The Rock take a Stone Cold Stunner? He'll sell the shit out of that yeah. thing, man. He'll rock and doink and all that stuff. I that's that's what I like to do. I did backyard wrestling, man. I like I'm physical, dude. I need to be hands on. I like rugged and rough. I like knocking around. I like being knocked around a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's still with me. And, you know, I'm still here. I'm a personal trainer now. Like that's one of the main big things I'm doing right now. And that helps me maintain, you know, the physicality is a big part of it. I'm very physical. Yeah. And that's how I like to be.
0: And you talk about, you know, do willing to do anything for a laugh. Uh, in my head, that makes me think to touch a little bit more on something a little bit more personal. Um, one thing, and I, I have other people in my life that who I've realized who I think are are similar along the same lines, but you seem to be like a uh, super positive, I'm happy all the time type of dude, right? And in my head, in my head, I know, and or at least what I think that can't, that's not true. It can't be possible. I feel like the you know, and speaking of Jim Carrey, you know, hit going all the stuff that he's public. Publicly said about his mental health and happiness and things like that. How do you deal with that? How do you how do you deal with being this you know positive? I'm with the kids and I'm yeah. you know and I'm, I have to be strong. I have to be funny. I have to get laughs. Yeah. How do you deal with that when you don't you're not feeling good? How how does that what do you have darkness that comes over you like you know? What I, you mean?
1: I I tell you what, I've been doing kids parties since I'm 18. Yeah. I've been a kids entertainer.
0: Mm.
1: It's a very special job that I have. People invite me into their house. to to be a goofball for their kids. I'm in living rooms doing cartwheels and falling into Christmas trees. (laughs) Um, When I was 21, I was really sad. I was like really sad. And the thing is, when people see me, they go, Raj. they want to give me food and drink. They want to party. Because they they see you like this. Yeah, because I've always presented myself like that. You know what I'm saying? And I really am a positive, optimistic dude. But um, as you age, the world beats you down Mm -hmm. it's cold it's hard it's mean it's unfair it doesn't work things don't work out and you got to learn that and adjust that and accept that and there was a time between the age of like 21 to 22 actually and this is this is a good segue because this is when i was coming into brooklyn college actually um i uh i was i was very depressed yeah and i acted like i was happy because that's what people Saw me as, and that's and what that's they what wanted you me expected, to be, and
0: that's what you thought they expected.
1: Yeah, so I want to be that guy for people, but I'm actually not feeling good, and that was my first real taste of like um, how important mental health is. Because if you are not okay and you are acting like you're okay for a long time, it's very unhealthy. It's really, really uh, bad. Yeah, you know what I'm Rad saying. Brad and
0: I talked about that last episode. We, I talked about the importance of being an open person.
1: Right, which is what I feel I am more now and I'm much more in tune with it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I had to get a grasp for that. And honestly, around 21, that's when I gave myself the name Normal and I decided to take rap serious because as a kids entertainer, my name is a big silly guy. I didn't yeah. want to call myself a clown. I just call myself a big silly guy. And under that umbrella, I have a couple characters, the elf, the pirate, the ninja, Cupid, a leprechaun, whatever, you know? Um, and everybody, uh, you know, when people saw me outside of doing these costumes and all this wild, ridiculous entertainment stuff, they'd be like, oh, I never saw you normal.
2: Yeah. Oh, look at you, you're normal. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Oh, work. normal,
1: okay. you know yeah. what I mean? So that word stuck with me. How, uh, what normal is, what normal means to you, what normal means to me, what normal means to you. It's different for everybody. It's perspective, it's time, it's, it's culture, it's, it's really relative, you know? So that's when I gave myself the name, normal young man. Because in my eyes, I was just a normal young man. And when I got to Brooklyn College, coming out of Kingsborough and transferring over, I was like, I'm hungry. I, I, wrote, I wrote my first, like forever, 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 I just freestyled. I never wrote nothing down. The first piece that I ever wrote down uh, really, really, really took me out of a dark, dark, dark place. Mm-hmm. And once I performed that, I performed it at Brooklyn College, and, um, and everybody heard it, and they were singing along by the time I was done with the song. This is the first time they ever heard it. And it really resonated and connected, and it clicked with them. And once I spit that piece, My pain was gone and my sadness was gone and I felt better. And that's when I was like, damn, son, this music thing is really powerful. Yeah, I think I need this because I can't always be the funny guy. I can't always be super positive. I can't always be... It's
0: exhausting, dude.
1: It's, it weighs on you. you. You know those people who are super happy all the time? You look at them... You I go, know
0: people like that, and I'm like, there's no way you're really this happy There's all the something time.
1: wrong. You think there's something wrong there's with
0: something them. There's something wrong, dude. There's always a darkness behind that, and it's like, I've seen it time and time again, the people that are always on this positive, upbeat yeah. vibe, and it's just like, dude... It's just not possible. It's, it, it would be impossible to live in a complete stress-free world. It would, Nobody's it happy it, all the time. Yeah, exactly.
1: Nobody's funny all the time. Nobody's silly all the time. Yeah. We all got sadness. We all got shortcomings. We all got failures. We all got things that hurt us. You know? And um, that was a real hard lesson for me to learn. And that was a real, that's when I started getting serious. Yeah. Like 21, 22. And then I was like, all right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rapper now. I'm an MC. I've been in this world. I've been going to these ciphers for a long time. For a long time, I didn't even have a name. I was just a guy, like a spectator. They would call me Kurt Angle. They would call me Captain America. They would call me John Cena. Yeah. Everybody would crack jokes on me because I look like such an all-American, like square chin jock. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm this like colorful, creative character who sucks at all sports, but is like talented in a way that's hard to explain or express. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm good at freestyling.
0: You are, and also your confidence ex- uh, over, over, oversteps, oversteps your your lack of when you fir- I would say when you first started like your lack of being not feeling comfortable rapping or writing or whatever yet yeah, your confident your confidence like put is way it weighs more you know what I mean yeah. and I think that's what people appreciate more about you right. before I, especially when you first started because now I've seen like how much better your raps have gone since oh, the time you, we, we've met and I was watching a couple of your freestyles uh the one you did at the gym or at the park when you were working out or something you were like on the bars I think Brandon was recording it Probably, yeah. It was, yeah. It was a uh, old school beat. I forgot what beat it was. I don't know if it was an original or not. But, yeah. Um, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, we only get better with time. Yeah, if we stay close to our craft, you know. So never drift too far away from it. But uh, yeah, rap really saved my life. Yeah, as I, I mean, won't
0: say rap saved my life. I would say music definitely has played a part. in it. I can't necessarily yeah. just stay, s- say rap. Nah. You know what I mean? But, like, just music in general, man. I mean, and it's weird for me, too, because I didn't really come from a music family. Like, nobody... I, I didn't really like, grew up in the house with, like, music playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... And to this day, it, like, kind of freaks me out to where I got this from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where I got this, like, knack for music from. Because I even noticed it when I was a kid growing up in upstate New York in the middle of the woods. Like, right. I always felt... out. I always liked rap music for some reason. Like, I, you know what I mean? I, I like, I remember it's when just I was cool a, to you, man. Yeah, it's it was just, just cool to, to me. It. it was cool. I used to come home from school, like summer school and be so excited to watch TRL, you know what I mean? When yeah. Music, v- v- music videos was shit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, like hypnotized was con- When I saw the hypnotized video and Biggie riding on a fucking boat with like Diddy and shit. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know where that even came from for me, you know? Dude, you're just a
1: kid, man. Just, oh, yeah. Uh, just I
0: used to sneak into my uh, I used to sneak into my sister. My sister only likes country music now, <laughs> which I don't get. I mean, I kind of get. She lives upstate. Whatever. To each his own. To each his own. <laughs> she likes my Brooks. My dad loves country. My sister but, like, loves country. I think I still credit my sister to this day as the one who like put me on to hip hop because when I was probably in like third fourth grade, she had uh yeah, grab some, grabs.
1: some. Why not, man? Yeah, of course. By yeah. the way, shout out to P Castles bringing the JMO and the Ginger. Unofficially
0: sponsored by Jameson. Unofficially sponsored by Jameson. Because- Jameson.
1: Before uh, Jameson,
0: this spot, this camera here, Jameson,
1: <laughs> Jmo, it makes everything better. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, we used to we used to sip. Remember, I used to have a flask,
0: bro. Do we used, used to, to, to smoke ba- weed on campus <laughs> during the ciphers. Uh, we would be smoking spliffs in the crowd like this, like. On People That's bad, man. That's bad on campus.
1: Yo, and we also used to take a a, a swig of J-Mo before oh, every oh, episode of, of Who's on Deck. I used to have a flask, of and we used course. to take a little swig, and it just kind of was like a little tradition yeah. to set the tone. You know, the and
0: you know what's so cool about uh, this podcast too is there's no censorship, man. Remember when we were on Brooklyn College? Like when we were on Brooklyn College, couldn't I couldn't curse. I could, we couldn't curse. It is not even that I want to curse, dude. It was for me. It was just the music when it, as me as a dj like i used to have to spend hours oh, yeah. because i you know i always wanted to be different i wanted to play songs that nobody could play because everybody would be playing radio friendly songs on their rate on their show at school and i would just go out of my way to like make these horrible edits of like you know like, the <laughs> explicit version <it'd> be like, <laughs> like, when it, when <laughs> would be like like when it would be a curse word or someone like <laughs> yeah you know and just to just to to make sure that things were cool and now that we're here, we can just say whatever the hell we want. This is a you know open format. Free just, speech,
1: man. You got your, you created your own con, you created feels Your your platform. It feels good. I'm man. honored to be here. By the way, I appreciate one you more coming. Cheers that. Cheers that. Um,
0: it's, it was important to me too because I've just I got sick of being comfortable, and I'm I know you can understand that, and and also shout out to you too because you're definitely somebody who I've looked at as like inspiration as far as like being more open and being uh, okay with uh, being comfortable with who I am as a person. I I, I see you, and I definitely, like, draw inspiration from, from That's me. awesome, man. No, for real. That's the, the best real, thing. Like, that's a great impact. No, like, legit. That's true That's true shit, and I and I think... Uh,
1: inspiration makes the world go round. That's yeah. cool for a creative like you. Yeah,
0: and, you know, I needed to get the ball rolling. I needed to get the... I was just getting too comfortable just sitting around, you know, doing nothing, and, you know, I was, you know, I'm working, doing my thing, and yeah, whatever. Yeah, but, but you needed something. I needed something to get to To get the ball rolling, and uh, you need to talk feed your shit. soul. Yes, I did. You need to uh, talk
1: some shit. You needed to be in the sphere of music, and yes. creativity.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, what's next? What's next for you? What's what, what's what's going on?
1: <laughs> well, um, right now, primarily, I'm a personal trainer. I work at a Blink, yeah. and I train a lot of people virtually online. I got a really cool gig right now where I'm uh, I'm a, I'm the head coach on a special needs ski and s- snowboarding team for this okay. for this company called the Adaptive Sports Foundation. Okay. And it empowers uh, you know, special needs individuals through fitness. I mean,
0: if you couldn't cook up a more Where fun- can can you tell like tell people where where to find all this stuff uh, also?
1: Well, I mean, if you're watching, I'll post. I post up. I don't remember what their Instagram is. My Instagram is Roger Hanson Official.
0: Yeah, I'll have your stuff in the. We'll yeah. have your stuff in the bio for sure.
1: Plug it up, and uh, and I, I I post them up now and then. I, I I um I post a motivational video for them once a week, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 contracted to do that for at least like another seven weeks. Okay. So that's like the main. That's where I'm putting my focus on right now because this is my job. I'm tra- I'm a trainer. I'm a virtual trainer. I'm an in-person trainer. And um, I'm still doing kids' parties. I'm still dressing up. You know, it's quarantine. It's Corona. Things have slowed down. Everything is much smaller. I'm, I'm trying to, I stay low. Like, I don't even post on social when I'm doing kids' parties now because I don't want people to be like, yo, kids are germs or this or that. You know, I want to follow <laughs> yeah. I wear a mask. I keep my distance. We're all yeah. outside. You know what and I'm hey, saying? And
0: hey, man, the parents are booking you at the end of the day. The it's, parents, their, it's, their, it's, their, yeah. it's their choice.
1: And you know what? Listen, parents need a break. I'm basically like a glorified babysitter. I yeah. just got to keep these kids laughing and engaged for while an they, hour while or they two go hours. outside and drink out yeah, of rectops and yeah, got a little liquor going. Yeah, mom you know? and dad need a break. Yeah. So, they hire a big silly guy.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um yeah, I mean, so that's that's I'm 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 kind of low right now. I'm just kind of coasting. I don't have something big. You great. working on music or? Here's the thing. During Corona, I decided, you know that I always remember I always always carry notebooks. You see me, I got my notebooks right here. Yep. And I was, uh, I was telling Erickson before we started shooting, like, this is number 36. This is my 36th marble notebook. My sister gave me this one. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I got a picture of my niece. I got whatever bars I'm writing, some drawings. I'm always drawing. I got lots of stuff going on in here, right? Bars, clients, ABSG. That stands for a big silly guy. I got to follow up with all my clients. Okay. So I have been – I think I started in 2015 numbering my books chronologically because it helps me it centers me i write my bars in there and i've been trying to go through all my old books and um like transposing the bars yes. so i can have like a master list and i'm currently in this book right here before i started numbering them this is book number this doesn't have a number but this was in 2014 this is right after i came back from tour this is the book that i took with me on tour and when I came back from it, I, you know, I, I got bars in here. I got bars about Steeze in here, man, like all those Who's On Deck adventures that we had. And, um, and now I'm transposing all the lyrics from the book to over here. I'm kind of siphoning them out. And it's just so I have verses on deck because I have so much and so many lyrics and so many bars that I've, I've, I forgot what I've memorized. Yeah. Like verses get just like drifted into the cosmos they get lost
0: and when you go back and you did when you go back and look and look in a notebook you can just read one or two lines and kind of get back into it or sometimes you remember? Yeah.
1: sometimes but you see the evolution of an artist because i used to write without a beat and if you don't write for any aspiring MCs or artists or rappers or musicians out there when you write i mean it's great to catch a thought if these words come to you but write to the beat because if you write without a beat when you try to force the bars onto the instrumental it doesn't flow as smooth you know what i'm saying yeah
0: you well, got, you think that could be? I mean, you think that you think that could vary from person to person? I'm sure it does. Yeah.
1: But it's it's definitely a lesson that I've learned. Yeah. And for yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's
0: something a, to keep in mind. A
1: personal evolution. So I'm actually really not. I'm not uh, putting out content as much as I normally would. When quarantine happened, I started doing workouts. Rogers room in the afternoon. I was going live a bunch of times. You know? Do you know the MC Supernatural? No. He's a freestyle god. He's like one of the best freestylers of all time. And as a freestyler, dude. He, uh, he went live with me one time and I just had the great – it was like the most – this guy is like my hero, man. Yeah. Like I've watched him in documentaries. I've studied him and I told him that. I was like in shock when he went live with me. And, um, you know, like I'm just – I, I, I want to stay close to my books and I want to finish transposing them. This yeah. is book number 36. This book right here is before I even started numbering them. Yeah. Jesus so I, so I have a lot of homework to do. Yeah. And I've been transposing these books and putting all these lyrics in there. And for also, I mean if I could give any tips to any MCs or artists out there to um, organize your thoughts and consolidate your work and, you know, just look at it out because there's so much, it's so messy, so much gets lost. And there's nothing Maya Angelou has a quote. She says there's nothing it's it's a sad thing t- for, for a story never to be told. And I have so many stories, and I have so many bars, and I have so much experience, and I have so many adventures just from being like a big goofy guy who freestyles growing up in Brooklyn, like trying yeah. to make a name for myself as an MC. You can imagine the shit I've gotten into, dude.
0: I can. So I, mean, I feel like we could have like a whole show about that. And-
1: I'm, I'm, I'm saying, and it, it'll all eventually make sense and come to service and come to light. And I really hope and pray that it all makes sense one day because at this stage of my life, I'm looking back at everything I've done, and I'm looking at all these adventures, and I'm like, damn, man. Like, what does it all add up to? Yeah. Like, what am I really doing? You know what I'm saying? I wanna It's so your a, story, bro. It's my story, but like.
0: You want to make it mean something.
1: I want to make it mean something, and I want to. We're only here for so much time. Yeah. I want to have a wife and kids. I need, to, I need to say my piece and go all out and, like, put it out there and, like, say it down just to make peace within myself. Because my struggle as an artist was that I was. People always knew me live. They always knew me for a live show. They always knew that I was good at freestyle. and But I don't have a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. I don't have a project out. Yeah, Like you just had Radamiz on first episode. I admire the fuck out of that guy he got his, a
0: crazy work ethic. Yo,
1: he's incredible. First off, his skill set is top tier. I admire and respect you so much, dude. I've had many ciphers with this guy. Freestyle, fun, for the just for the sport, just for New York, just for the culture, just to keep it alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, outside and on like Nostrand Avenue in, in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like, Source at like random shows I was always that guy Who would go to the show And then after the show There would always be like a cipher Or outside yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my sweet spot You know what I'm saying Remember that oh.
0: at Brooklyn College When we did that show Dude uh, When we did It was the, the Dean's List tour Yeah Yeah and There was a, a cipher after but then we, After that we went to Applebee's Of course man <laughs> and, and that's just classic You know Applebee's yeah. dude You can get the triple chocolate
1: meltdown You got the two You got the specials I, I know the deals dude I used to go to Applebee's all the time Yeah That was a broke college kid sweet spot
0: in the Junction, man. Shout out, saying, out to the Junction. Shout out, out to yo, the Junction, bro. Yo,
1: Flatbush Junction. What up? Brooklyn College. What up? Yeah. How you doing? Peace and love.
0: Um, I love that school, man. I, I tell people about that all the time, man. That was such a great moment. I, I would see, suggest, I would tell anybody who wants to go to like a nice school in Brooklyn or in the city in general. Brooklyn College is definitely a place to look at for sure.
1: Yo, just listen, just listen to the title. Brooklyn College. Bernie Sanders went there, man. For sure.
0: That's true. He did go there.
1: A lot of cool cats went there, yeah. and that was such an interesting campus because on one side, on Bedford Avenue, it was like, uh, it was like a very like nice houses, and it was mm-hmm. like more, uh, you know, it's just a different. It's a weird. It's you block to the the block, dude. On, was, yeah, you yes. go on the other side. Also, there was at the time when me and you were doing Who's on Deck, there was such an element of anything can happen in the air. Yeah. The Flatbush zombies were right. Were walking around. Yep. The underachievers, pro era. Yep. That's Beast Coast right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So many MCs. Nick Caution. I mean IOD. Chris Wise. Yep. I mean, we,
0: Chris is definitely gonna be on here soon. For sure. We talk, gotta we, get Chris, him, dude. Chris and I talked a couple weeks ago. Chris is incredible, dude. Yeah, I love, love Chris, Chris Wise.
1: I love I've always loved his his uh his character integrity and his message and his integrity is yeah, yeah. He's, he's a very per- he's he's a man who walks in purpose. Yeah, and I really admire that. I think he's got a kid on the way, by the way. He shout does. out Shout out to you, Chris Wise. I love Chris. you, bro. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a good deal, man. I'll make balloons at animals at your kids. Chris, work. you know who
0: you got a book for the parties. Yo,
1: if you need a kid's entertainer, man, I'll give you a good deal. Hey. <laughs> we could rap afterwards, too. And, uh, yeah, he does a lot of positive work. Yeah. Jackie Robinson Park. In, Shout uh, out
0: Jackie Robinson. Uh, uh, what's not? It's not the. Is it Jackie. Pro- uh, what's the. Jackie Robinson. I forget
1: his building, his project building. No, 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 uh,
0: Ebbets Field. Ebbets Field, yeah. Yeah, but, I've been meaning to I gotta link him up with something because I have to give him a gift uh, from Ebbets Field. I have like a little connection to that. Cool. Uh, but, yo, man. What else, dude? Like, I want to, before we get out of here, I mean, we're definitely going to get out of here in a second, but right. uh, if you feel comfortable, what do you, you want? know what I'm going to ask you to do.
1: You want me to freestyle?
0: Of course. You, <sighs> you got anything that you want to say? Real I cool. have no written material. Don't, dude. And I'm going
1: to tell you how I'm coming into this freestyle.
0: Oh, so it's happening. Okay.
1: Yeah, you can I can freestyle, man. I don't care, man. All I'm, right. Let's do I it. I can't call myself an artist and a freestyle cat if I can't come to the table and deliver when it's yeah. asked of me. Like what if you were sway? I got to stay sharp. i yeah.
0: even rapped with you a couple
1: times. You did. You did. <laughs> yeah. Those we had some good time. Shout out to Baghdad Brook, by the way. Shout out, we were and just talking. Sh- oh, okay. you got to get him on here. Yeah, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, no, no. Before before we go into the freestyle, I was telling him about Baghdad Brook the other day. Remember when we performed or today when we were uh, when we did we went to D.C. with him. He had that show. Remember, we did we did that song microphone in D.C. at that club. Yeah. Right. How'd it go, dude? I kind of didn't remember. It went well like we did. We killed it. I remember my
1: I think I remember my verse. Do you remember uh, yours? I, if I hear the song, I can remember it.
0: If I heard I the song, this song, I met the student.
1: They normal, totally wasn't, but I heard him out. Remember that was who's on deck? Cypher that was well, that's
0: the who's on deck song. I'm talking about the microphone check. Yeah, the, the yeah. microphone song. I, I feel at home on the microphone. On the microphone. Yeah. Hey. If I heard this song, I I, I was trying to find it. So I want to play I it. I know that intro. verse, dude. And if I can find it, I'll play it sli- silently and uh, slowly, lightly in the background. Yo, right? I know that verse. Me. Let me
1: spit that verse real quick for you the people it? one time. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let me dig through the files. Yeah. My mama put me in a spotlight at a young age. Maybe she never knew the feeling I got would not fade. Here I am, years later, still center stage. Entering with intentions of flexing and getting a raise, Raise. arise More than being an attention whore. Realize I'm the type of guy who lives for thrills. I thrive off energy. Something from the bottom of my gut I can't describe. I'm someone from the The bottom bottom of of New York. York. I've had to ride a bus from the first stop to to the the last. last. Take the cue to transfer wherever just to get the chance to be heard. Free words. Recall when I became normal. Show at SOBs. Where we're Spit the illness was performing, mm-hmm. got pulled on stage to participate in a live scythe through a snapback back that I caught I earlier that, that night. night. Yep. Crowd got mad hype, felt right, felt like it's where I could excel. and I was just one of the stories I tell about how hard I fell into this life. Come on, man. Come on. Raj. Feels good, right? That feels fucking good. That's I, like 10. That's like old, man. That's like that's an old, 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 old it verse. It is very, very old verse. But that's a storytelling come-up story. I feel at home on the microphone.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to look for this song before we put yeah, this episode out. Song. It's coming out on Monday. Um,
1: shout-out to Word Spit, man. Uh, yeah, shout-out to
0: Word Spit, Classic dude.
1: Yeah, and shout-out to Coco Sarai. And you guys may not know this. And shout-out to the Illis, the band that was playing. Mm. Shout-out to all you guys. I love you guys. Um, there was a show you did at SOBs. It was an AIDS awareness show. And you pulled me on stage to, to freestyle in a cypher. And I was maybe one of the only white guys there. And me and you were cool. And you knew I freestyled well because we would always rap at the Cyphers. But the fact that you pulled me up on stage and I had that moment I rapped. And I threw the snapback back in the audience. You know who caught the hat? Who? Hood Chef.
0: Hood Chef. Hood. We were talking chef. about Hood Chef left last episode. You gotta too. get him Jesus. on here too. Dude. Oh no, I want to go to the Fun House in Cali and shoot that. Let's do, he I lives mean, out and He lives out in like a house with all the guys in Cali. Called of, course, fun house. of course, of course, for
1: Fun Locos, those dudes. All those the, the, the Locos. Yeah, yeah the, man. The, yeah, the, man. The, the I got a tattoo at one of their parties once on my foot. The Nike check, right? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> That's my attitude. You know my attitude. We're <laughs> looking for sponsors. Get the get the sponsorship. Don't forget Jason. Yeah, put just put your foot up there. Bro. Don't forget so, to just do it. Just you can do it. Just do it. I got that tattoo at a free tattoo party yeah. at Yo. a bar that's no longer there in Union Square. <laughs> Shout out to Hood Chef and the Four Fun Locos. Raj,
0: thank you for coming in, man. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Of course, bro. Anytime, you're more than welcome here, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's great to see you, man. Cheers. Good job. Episode two, that's a wrap. Episode two. If you, want to shout, if you want to tell people where they can find you, I mean, you're, like I said, your stuff's going to sure. be in the bio and everything. But if you want to tell anybody anything, sure, man. feel free.
1: I just want to say peace, love, and positivity to everybody watching. I hope that you um, find solace in this mad, crazy world where negativity and hate is on the rise. I hope that you find something to keep yourself grounded. And please tell the people you love that you love them and cherish them and show them that you love them every day. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of your mental health. And please push yourself as hard as you can, and push the limits, and try your best at whatever you're doing. Never give up on yourself. Never lose hope. I love you so much. I hope all your dreams come true. Cheers. Peace.